Jiménez, Fernando Avelino de Velo Jiménez, mostly Portuguese name in here. And I am uh, I am a researcher uh, for the public research institution in here, but I also uh, practically <laughs> a Fedlin member, but uh, at the same time I we co-founded the the organization that we call Comité Esperanza. It is a youth-led uh, mass-based educational movement, something like that, to promote the the popular educations with a Marxist-oriented as a center of uh, its educational teaching. We are targeting the peasants, the workers, the students, and the marginal people in the urban city of Delhi. And yeah, I think that's all for me. And uh, first of all, I thank you, Comrade Joseph, uh, for the invitation. I think this is the first time, and thank you for taking the time to read my article. And I hope this is um, uh, this can contribute a little bit to the Marxist tradition, especially in the Timor Leste, because uh, literature tradition in Timor Leste is uh, remain uh, very small and not very non. Uh, existence for the Timorese life in here. And it is very challenging. And we start to, uh, this writing is just another uh, starting point that I think can contribute to the life in Timor-Leste. Timor yeah. Excellent. Thanks so much, comrade. And, and I have to say it was a pleasure to read your article uh, and learn a little bit more about a situation that I personally don't know much about, but I'm very excited to discuss with you. So your article is 22 years of austerity and more or less to the IMF and rebuilding the neoliberal state from scratch. And at the beginning of this article, you discuss kind of the beginning conditions of the liberation itself, uh, the invasion by Indonesia, backed by the United States, and how there was an immediate transition to a neoliberal system uh, that some refer to as the UN's kingdom into Morlesti immediately after the end of uh, the liberation or the declaration of independence, the introduction of these compromise policies within the National Liberation Front. So maybe we can just start with some general discussion of the situation. For those who are not familiar, can you maybe introduce a little bit of the history yes. of Timor-Leste, the Revolutionary Front uh, for Independent East Timor, the invasion by Indonesia, and then set the stage for how this neoliberalism came in to the National Liberation Front. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, 1975 is a is exceptional time. It's a strategic time and a strategic memory for the Timorese people, especially to the left in East Timor, which is considered that 1975 is a is a is a great event. Is a is a specific that has a specific quality of the historical achievement for the Timorese people, because it is where the revolution started, 1975. Uh, the S the Timorese revolution, which is we call the Maubere revolution. Uh, Maubere is a during the Portuguese time. It is a term that Portuguese colonialism is using this to referring to the as a pejorative term referring to the illiterate people, referring to the backward people. It is sometimes like a colonial subjectivization of the people, which is considering them as a subhuman, non-modern, uh, non 
citizens, something like that, in a very precise Eurocentric view, something like that. But the Fretlin, which is the 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 unique uh, vanguard of the Maubeur people, Timorese people at the time, using this term to define, to using it as a national pride, as a national identity, but it is clearly based on the class, on the concept of the class, on the, on the concept of the people, of the oppressed people. And that is Mobere. I can type the name for you so that everyone can familiar with the term of Mobere. Um, and, and yeah, in 1975, uh, it's a start where revolution in East Timor is quite, as I, I mentioned, the Dennis Freni, because it is very difficult because it emerged in the time where uh, for instance, in the global politics of the left itself has become reverse, uh, regressive, something like that. For instance, like uh, China and Soviet has been in a conflict and split. The international communist movement has been in regress. And uh, there, is a, there is a big uh, non-existence of the left to campaign for the East Timors at the time. And it is only the left in Australia and few left in the America and few left in Europe who has been knowing the, the, the cause of the revolution of the revolution in East Timor. And therefore, uh, uh, on the on the subjective side, on international subjective side, something like that, it is a situation that are not very in favor for the Timorese revolutions. But for us, this revolution is one of the most difficult revolutions because it is a small country and a small island surrounded by the big client uh, uh, of the imperialist state indonesia and australia but it can wait it can it can uh, wage one of the most difficult revolutions at the time it is a war of resistance but also uh, a revolutions of the people at the time and Fretlin at the time adopt uh, one of the radical decisions at the time. There's no compromise. There's no negotiation. It is totally a war of resistance. It is totally a people's war, but it is also a revolution to transform the society and rebuild a new society amidst the war. And I think this experience, uh, this experience is very extraordinary for the Timorese people, but also for the life in the war. And for our side in here in Timor-Leste as a life, we continue to see the revolution that started in 1975 until 78 uh, as a as a as a historic experience that can contribute to the to the development of Marxism in East Timor, for for especially to what uh, to to answer the question what uh, what is the new subject that we need to construct in East Timor, for instance, like in East uh, in 1975 revolutions. Uh, there's no uh, there's no large working class in here, but the new subject has been reconstituted. What we have been called as Maubere, and Maubere is a very uh, is a is a social alternative historical block, which is refounded, reconstituted by the Fratling at the time. And unfortunately, our revolution has been uh, uh, has been I don't know how to say it. It is sometimes like a positive defeat. Because it end it started in 1975 and end in 1978 uh, as a state as a nation that protected the people's war and revolution at the time. That's because of the arms that support by America for the Indonesia to start 
a campaign of encircle and annihilations in 1977 uh, and 1978 during a one year of uh, uh, total war that imposed by Indonesian army against the peoples of Timor-Leste. And I think this period is a, is a period of repolitization for us, a period in which the people can feel the democracy, what is the real democracy. And democracy is not just simply a name of a people's government or the, or the regime, something like that, or politics or state, but democracy itself was part of the revolutionary movement. Like in the past, we can say that uh, there's no revolutionary movement without revolutionary theory, something like that. But in our case, in East Timor, which is give us uh, a conception that there's no revolutionary movement without democracy. I think these questions should be uh, a central debate for any left across the world because uh, with, uh, with the increasingly left turning into rightist, pro-neoliberalism, compromise, something like that, sectarianism and hegemonism, something like that, I think the, the debate of democracy should be central to the any left. I think a particular experience of modern revolutions should be taking to reactualize its potential in our current with the with the particular uh, lesson like that, democracy and so on and so on. Uh, maybe just like to also discuss a little bit if if you can in further detail, just so people, I mean, from my point of view as an American. So people, you know, in the West know as well, the way that the United States and the United Kingdom and Canada, the governments, you know, you discuss in, in the article that multiple never-ending genocides in, in East Timor conducted by Indonesia as a neo-colonial occupying power, but sponsored by, funded, given weapons by the United States and the West more broadly. If you could discuss a little bit more within that period and then also how that as you as you were just discussing how that led Fredlin to you know to see the end of the occupation and thus the end of imperialism in, in East Timor as the goal of the liberation struggle. Yes. Uh, uh, I I particularly see that we particularly see that the East Timor case when the revolution started. It is start in the time where America, United States of America, has changing uh, its imperialist policy across the world. It is beginning in 1970s, which is the transformation of its monetary international policy, which is shifting from the uh, gold and then move to the dollar, but also in a in a militarist front of its imperialist policy has been uh, changed since the. Vietnam War at the time, and the rise of the Fratling, which is with the with the with its anti-imperialist, one of the big anti-imperialist rhetoric and front in Southeast Asia, outside of Indochina, in the maritime Southeast Asia, is one of the major threats for the global imperialists and its allies and its donor client in the region, especially Australia and Indonesia, because. In Indonesia itself, it is uh, 10 years after the violence of the Suharto military dictatorship against the PKI, and then continue with the violence against the Timorese people. And if we counted the violence that are uh, uh, killed by the Suharto military regime, 
since 1965 until 1975 with Timor Leste. It's it's one of the greatest genocide in history, committed by the imperialisms, committed by the right wing regimes against against the people and the left. And it is one of the major consequences against the left on international level, uh, in its struggle against the imperialisms, and it is the, even in Indonesia and in Australia itself. What we considering as a genocide in uh, in Timor Leste is that major. There's a there's a there is a systematic uh, research, systematic political discourse, which is imposed by the imperialist country and its liberal agency in Timor-Leste to deny there is a genocide in Timor-Leste. Uh, they, they fomented a false or fetish uh, research method, something like that, quantitative method, something like that, just to deny, just to neglect, just to black out the uh, uh, the the genocide aspect of uh, imperialisms that they are committed in Timor Leste, because before the before the invasion, there is around six hundred thousand Timorese people, but once they return from the uh, liberated zone after the liberated zone has been uh, has been uh, has been destroyed by has been dismantled by the imperialist and uh, Indonesian military. Once they return to the Indonesian controlled areas of the camp concentration, something like that, an artificial zone which is controlled directly by the military, there is about 4,000 Timorese people exist in the island of Timor, uh, in, the, in the eastern part of Timor. And there is about 5,000 Timorese people in diaspora across the world. And if we, if we, if we compare it with the case of the Holocaust, uh, the Jewish people at the time constitute only around no less than uh, 20 uh, 20 percent of its population at the time. But Timorese case, it is almost 40 40 percent people died during the war, and it is one. That's why we considering this as a one of the greatest genocide in the last uh, history of the 20th century, which is committed directly by the imperialisms and Suharto regime in Timor-Leste. And America at the time, Indonesia has no military capability to invade and occupy East Timor for the long time without economic, ideological, and military support by the US at the time. And, and therefore we say that, uh, but once we re resigned uh, or we regained the independence, uh, in the name of international community, harmony of international community, we now consider the Ameri Ameri uh, U.S. imperialism as a liberator, as a savior, and Australia, which is the only state in the world in 1978, uh, 76, and 78, is the first country who recognizes Indonesian sovereignty toward East Timor. No other countries in this world that recognize the sovereignty of Indonesia to East Timor. That's because Australia have a big interest to grab the oil in Timor Sea. And, and that's work until now. How the Australian continue to occupy and transform Timor into a, its own colony in, in its northern neighbor, something like that. And it's work until right, uh, until recent, until this time, how Timor Leste is a, just a satellite client regime that 
serving the interests of Australian imperialism in the region and in this country. Yeah, that's that's a great answer. Thank you so much. And I mean, just to hear that as well, you described a genocide of 40% of the pre-invasion population afterwards. I mean, that is a monumental figure, and it's hard to really understand the level of that atrocity and of that crime committed by Indonesia, by the United States, by Australia, and imperialism more broadly. And I'm just, you know, in reading your article, I think what comes across is that it's not, it's, we, we can't say that the crime ends in 1991 or in 1999 with the declaration of, of uh, independence and of uh, Timor as a new country, but instead that, as you point out, I think quite rightly, austerity, structural adjustment, neoliberalism are continuing the genocide to this day, that even though there is an independent country now, the desire of national liberation of anti-imperialism is still being crushed by the IMF in particular. Can you describe a little bit how, even after the Indonesian occupation ended officially with its direct violence, the IMF came in, you mentioned the UN as well and how the UN essentially let the IMF do whatever it wanted. Uh, and how, you know, you mentioned debt as well as a mechanism of control that the IMF came in, recommends the new government take on a lot of debt. And again, it's a typical sort of a debt trap conducted by the United States. So can you uh, discuss a little bit more about how this happened, what the effects of austerity have been on Timor-Leste today, uh, continuing on and how they perpetuate this uh, imperialist murder? Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, both of a counter, uh, counter reform, counter revolutionary, neoliberal austerity was part of the how the imperialism using the Indonesia and using the local uh, ex local freedom fighter resistance fighter to liquidate the leftists in Timor Leste, to disempowering the people to make the people detached from the threatening, uh, to make threatening, to force the threatening, to transform, to compromise, to serve in the interest of imperialisms in this country. And 1970, uh, 1999 is, uh, uh, we, see, we, we conceived that uh, the case of this is ex also exceptional because it's uh, it happens in a in a country where uh, there is no traditions of a long tradition of building the state and nations, because the nation and state only exists in a period of war and revolutions, in an active mobilization of the society, which is uh, has no peaceful experience, something like that, and this is very aggressive. This is very cruel. And even we can compare it with the uh, subjective violence in military sense, something like that. The neoliberal impositions uh, in the country with, with no economy like Timor-Leste at the time is a very cruel, is a very crime against the people of the Timorese at the time. And, and uh, I think this is also happens because there is a, a huge transformation in the uh, revolutionary or liberation, uh, national liberation front of movement. Because since 1981, uh, Fratlin under a new leadership has been transformed radically. 
the ideological, our method of struggle, our practice and culture of organizations. And because there is a, one of the big victory for the military dictatorship of Indonesia at the time is that they finally can liquidate then kill most of the uh, theoretically informed cadres and militants of the Fratling at the time, which is less than 20 people who can organize the entire people, uh, people to revolution, something like that. And this is the major victory for the imperialisms and 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 Indonesian regime, Indonesian regime under Suharto, because at the end of the history, since 1999, uh, there is no more left, a radical left in Timor-Leste with international revolutions. Frankly, in 1998, organized the Congress in Sydney, Australia, and wipe out all of those terms, which is uh, uh, the name of socialism, the name of uh, at least something like a progressive uh, reform, something like land reform has been uh, moved out uh, from this, uh, its political manifesto. And once they, they begin in, in 2000, it only, uh, they, they say that there is no more left in here. We only uh, associate democracy in a very uh, in a in a very precise term of the Western social democracy, not in the not in the in the in the very leftist uh, sense, something like that. And 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 this beginning, I think, is one of the new economic recolonization that uh, began responsible for the for the uh, attacking uh, against offense, against the life, against the people, against the peasants, against the working people in Timor-Leses in the beginning of the 20th century or 21st century, something like that. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's all for me. Thank you so much. And, and I, I think one of the really interesting things that you detail in your article is also how this this change is occurring within Fretland, how it's transforming from a national liberation movement, a left-wing movement, an anti-imperialist movement, and how you just mentioned the purge of uh, socialists and Marxists from the party. Um, but then you mentioned the, the 2006 crisis. So you mentioned how the, the West is able to come in and back these protests, sort of sponsor a, a counter-revolution against the left-wing prime minister, Marie Alkatiri and allow this government to fall uh president janana instead can promote a prime minister who's pro-imf pro-neoliberalism so it i think one of the threads throughout here is a really interesting dynamic of the the comprador class within Lin that is supporting this neocolonialism supporting the rise of neoliberalism at that point for the left in timor-leste uh, the strategy and thinking about how to have a, a left renewal is it to work within the national liberation movement, Fred Lynn, try and bring it back to its roots, or is it to say Fred Lynn has gone towards a comprador status? There's nothing that we can do in Fred Lynn anymore. Because I think this is such an interesting dynamic in, in that it seems very common within national liberation movements and struggles in throughout the global south that they take this turn towards neoliberalism. And then I think the debate for many uh, many Marxists is to say, do we continue with this movement that was revolutionary and now is comprador, or do we start something new and and fight and bring a new left front? And so I'm I'm curious about your perspective. And also on that note, 
whether Fred Lynn always had these comprador elements within it or it was truly revolutionary, but then it was only with the Declaration of Independence in 1999, the United States and Australia coming in. So I, I wonder, you know, what was this a fault of revolutionary strategy to begin with? Or was this something that just came because of the end of the Cold War, rise of U.S. imperialism and neoliberalism? Yeah, I think, yeah, this is interesting and very provocative because for most of the left in Timor-Leste, whether to create a new one or just to hijack in Fredling and bring it to, you know, its previous roots, something like that. Uh, Fredling start as a association, as a social democratic with a typical Western left, uh, something like that, and then transform into a, uh, liberation front something in in the late of 74 and 75 and until now and in 90 in 1998 it transformed into a social democracy which is right now it's uh turned more into a uh pro neoliberal and rightist turn in the more because um uh, fretling uh, force has been the left in the fretling it remained strong its social base remains strong, especially those uh, the all uh, cadre in the within the Fredlin, which is remind have the consciousness uh, on the past history of the revolutions, and then and still have a strong militant uh, consciousness within the Fredlin. But it uh, owns a owns the Fredlin in in two thousand six. That that's important date uh, because. Fredlin owns it regrets not just because of their decisions, but that's because of the imperialist oppression and offensive against them, using both the reactionary class groups and organization in Timor Leste or the in the region to force Fredlin to uh, adopt the compromise policy. And at the end, now they transform themselves into a pro-neoliberal policy. In 2006, when Fredlin was uh, uh, was uh, uh, the protest by the right wing, by the Shanana militants, by the uh, another important political party in, at the time, uh, Democratic Party, which is mostly the former students were resist in the Indonesia. Those they are don't adhere to any ideological spectrum. They are part of the chart. They are part of the reactionary elements of the society, uh, and protest against the threatening government to in order to overthrow the uh, Maria Al-Khatir regime. At the time when most of the militants cadre of the Fretlin, uh, we can say that the third or fourth generation of the Fretlin cadre, they proposed to using the total mobilizations or mass mobilizations of the society in order to resist the counter-revolutionary of the, of the uh, in, in, in Timor. But at the time, most of the uh, because Fredlin has been increasingly dominated by the bureaucrats with those who are carriers, leftists, something like that, carriers, activists, something like that. And we can say also some uh, local comprador, national comprador class, even the big bourgeoisie of national in Timor-Leste, also part of Fredlin at the time, increasingly part of the Fredlin structure and central committee. They also forced Fredlin to adopt a more uh, a more uh, uh, pacifist action in response to the protests. 
they say that Fredling can just respond with a progressive policy and reform, something like that, and they neglect the total mobilization in the grassroots, at the grassroots level. Because I think this is a very uh, a failure of the left, a failure of the Fredling at the time to respond to the imperialist uh, pressure, to the imperialist offensive and the reactionary, counter-revolutionary in Timor-Leste, because one of the important actors is still the, the Australia and America at the time. Uh, because Marie Kateri in 2004 and 2005 reject to accept the loans, leave any kind of it from the IMF, from the World Bank, etc., etc. And Franklin started to uh, uh, introduce a progressive policy, economic reform in Timor-Leste, which is in favor to the vast majority of the population. Frankly, in 2005 or 2004, sending around 900, and until now, it's more than maybe 1,000 more students to study in Cuba for freely, to study the medi uh, medical science in there, and they come back. Uh, now they, they distribute across there. And I think this, uh, the IMF Morving cities, this is very serious. And this is, uh, the threatening is not just, uh, even they do not adopt any socialism in the within the manifesto, etc., etc. But the policy of them uh, serving the interests of the people, and I think this is totally opposed with the with the interests of the IMF and the World Bank at the time. In Australia at the time, because uh, we have no oil production, we have no clear and uh, certain uh, strong rev uh, state revenue, something like that. We only receive a big, and Australia one of big donor. Uh, eight countries for Timor-Leste until now. That's because they steal so much money from Timorese people throughout the Timor Sea. They forced Maria Kateri Fratlin at the time to accept the treaty, which is uh, prevent Timor-Leste to negotiate with Australia during the 50 years, for the 50 years. This is totally hijacking uh, the the interest of the imperialism to destroy our sovereignty, political and economic sovereignty, to make us keep mal in uh, mal development so that we cannot have no any development in here. And two of the important uh, pro-Western politicians, friend of the imperialism in here is Ramuzorta and one is Shanana. Shanana is one of a charismatic leader. He is one of a he has a personal charisma who have been hegemonized within the society. Uh, he has a strong Marxist and Maoist experience in the liberated zone and in the resistance, but um, increasingly turned into rightists and found the imperialism's compromise uh, negotiation, something like that, as a, as a final uh, art of politics. And then and since the independence, he is in favor more with the Australia, with imperialism, etc., etc., etc. And he, he, his base mostly not just uh, he he was accommodated most of the national and comprador class in Timor Leste, mostly affiliated with the CNRT, a party which is funded by Chanana, which is this is the interesting uh, uh, when they found the CNRT in two thousand eight. The first thing that Shanana do is that to consult with the U.S. State Department, check out its embassy in Timor Leste, to ask him for the blessing whether or not 
to create the CNRT because using establishment of the CNRT and more, many of the pro-Western right-wing political party is to destabilize the Fredland, is to destroy the Fredland, and is to make Fredland uh, 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 to destroy the social base of Fredland. And for us, to destroy Fredland also means to destroy the left, the political roots of the left, of the socialism, of the Marxism in Timor Leste. It is against the Marxism as a whole. It's against the people. Even the Fredland right now has been dominated by the bureaucrats, the opportunists, uh, uh, the right wing, something like that. But we still believe the socialist and revolutionary elements within the Fredland. And we still have a uh, completely with the uh, with the with the with the uh, leftist side, leftist force within the Fredlin, in the hope that we can transform Fredlin, so that it can align more with the people's interests, uh, something like that. And uh, for us, as I mentioned in the in the last article of my article, it is necessity to create an, an anti uh, neoliberal front in, in Timor Leste because. One of our, uh, everybody, even our friend left in Australia say that there's no capitalism in Timor Leste, there's no neoliberalism in Timor Leste. But for us, who have been experienced directly the effects of neoliberalism, I think this is something that we cannot deny. This is exist, this is a material conditions in Timor Leste. Yeah. It's, it's neoliberalism who are oppressing the people, the left, the working class, and the, and the peasants. In the left, in traditional social and political left in the Malaysia, like Fredly, and we in the social left as well. Absolutely. And I, I think you do a great job in the article of discussing how the IMF's imposition of austerity, of high debts, uh, and even I think as well as, as we're discussing, pushing for overthrowing uh, government officials who are on the left of Fred Lin, who are challenging neoliberalism. Uh, to just do away with them and, and any possible resistance. I wanted to discuss a little bit as well about the role of Indonesia and Indonesian capital as well. So, I mean, we were discussing a little bit about the Indonesian occupation. And I'm, I'm curious just in general about the legacy of the occupation, how it plays a role within this as well, of uh, the role that Indonesian capital uh, still plays in, in dominating Timor Leste, as well as just the legacy of the occupation itself, um, the legacy, as we discussed, of that massive human toll uh, of the genocide, uh, of the use of napalm, of chemical weapons, of of sterilization. I mean, the list of brutalities committed by the Indonesians, but of course also their, their imposition of a, a, a mindset of Suharto, of the Pancasila uh, Indonesian mentality, how that legacy continues today uh, and how it's informed Timor Leste is one of the newest countries uh, in the world um, in trying to sort of find find its identity and resist this uh, this imposition of Indonesian uh, neocolonialism and of its own form of colonialism, but also how Indonesia serves that project of austerity and neoliberalism as well uh, of its own kind of project of domination of Timor Leste. I'm very interested in that. Thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, the, the legacy of the Indonesians, the, the consequence 
uh, that has been affected by the Timorese people until now is very uh, deep. It's rooted within the social, um, socially and economically, culturally, etc., etc., in the political state, something like that also. And it is very systematic, uh, the legacy of the Indonesian brutality occupation in East Timor. Uh, we begin with, uh, for instance, uh, the, the term of the communism, I think. And most of the lefties, uh, you can say, in here you can, you can, our constitution is more liberal, something like that. It's, it's multi-party politics in favor of this. But uh, you can create many socialist party in here with a progressive polit uh, political party in here, but to adopt a name of communist party is very difficult in here. In 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 Timor-Leste, most of the old left and the new left, uh, I think, face the same trauma, something like that, to adopt the communist name as a as a as a as a name of political party organizations of the program strategy, etc., etc. And social trauma is very huge and very deep, rooted in the uh, uh, psycho collective psychology and memory of the Timorese people, especially the left in Timor-Leste. And there's a huge, for instance, like um, Indonesian capital is still dominating the East Timorese economy. For instance, in the in the in the in the aerial transportations, in the airline transportation, something like that. The old transportation is Garuda uh, Merpati, which is closely linked to the Suharto and its family capitalisms. Um, uh, uh, the what they call the uh, Chikeas capitalisms. It is the Suharto particular family and its close ties, military, Kopasu, something like that, special military who have been uh, part of the Suharto capitalist conglomerate family, something like that. And those, those, uh, those uh, network ex-military who tied to the economic activity in Timor Leste still continue until now. Now there are, for instance, like there are three airlines who are in Timor-Leste is mostly uh, owned by the Indonesian capital, the Batik Air, uh, the Air Asia, and so on, uh, the Citilink, which is most of the national bourgeoisie have their right shareholder as a, as a subcontract or subholder, something like that, within this, uh, with this, this airline, something like that. And for instance, our, our airline, should always be transit from Bali. And Bali is one of the military commanders who are responsible for the military operation in the pre-invasion until during the invasion in East Timor. It is located in Bali. And now the national bourgeoisie capital of Timorese has a very strong close connection with the capitalists in Bali, which is established in Bali, which is dominating the uh, the the tourism, the the service sector in Bali, something like that. For instance, uh, the acquisitions of the the contract to get the military equipment is uh, from the Indonesia, and those who have the contract, those private company in Timor Leste who have a contract have a very close relation with the military. Uh, Pangdam company in Indonesia, the, the defense company of Indonesia, and those of the military 
uh, ex-military, special military who are uh, still dominating the Bali economy. And that's the, the some sector of the capital in a airline sector. We are not, uh, we're not even discussed about the, uh, the capital who are dominating the commercial sector. They were saving the, the government contract on the infrastructural project. For instance, in the Pussy Enclave, uh, there is a special economic uh, project in there uh, running or introducing by the Maria Catira at the region. Uh, the, those projects has been owned, has been uh, uh, running by the Indonesian capital. And most of the trade uh, consumer goods in Timor-Leste mostly came from the Indonesia uh, until now. And on the cultural level, Indonesian uh, language, popular media, culture center has been one of the uh, very influential for the young people in Timor-Leste. Even we speak Tetung as a national language, even we speak Portuguese, but Indonesia also as a third language that spoke much by the Timorese people in here. Uh, but I, uh, I don't see this as a, uh, I don't see it in, in terms of the uh, narrow nationalistic sense, something like that, but uh, it's serving the interest of the capital to continue to expand the market, something like that. Because uh, we consume the much of the telecommunications TVs, movies, something like that, throughout the Indonesian satellite, something like that, Indonesian television channel program, etc., etc. And one of the big insult against the Timorese people is that a place, one place building in Timor Leste, in 1975, there is a uh, there is a civil war, and it started in the police station, in the one building inside Dili, and this building has now been destroyed. Uh, destroy it and build a new Indonesian cultural center in Timor-Leste. There is a big assault against the Timorese history and Timorese culture, and yeah. it's especially its spirit of national liberation because on that place where Australia, Indonesia, and America, and Portugal as well, support the UDT, which a counter-revolutionary violence against Fredlin, and it's, start, it's the beginning of the civil war in 1975 and yeah i think that's uh, that's general whole things that we can summarize and one of the important on cultural aspect uh, indonesia uh, one of the martial arts indonesia during the occupation they the kopassus the special military of the uh, indonesia which is, has been trained by the american military uh, using the creating the paramilitary social militia uh, reactionary groups among youths to counter against the resistance. One of this is that they use the martial arts to countering the resistance. And this martial arts has been still a dominating uh, one of the uh, big issues in Timor-Leste, especially the youths. It, the, it's bring the youths, it disengage the youth on the social and progressive activities and the struggle. It disoriented the youths. It fomenting the gangsterization of politics and social in Timor-Leste. And it's, you know, uh, one of the party in here right now was there's a three or more, four party, which is the, it's social base was the martial arts. 
one of the arts, martial arts in Timor-Leste, its central uh, headquarter is Indonesia. And that central headquarter is still tied to the military, especially the Kupasis in Indonesia. But we still believe that those of the left in Indonesia, which, which is take part also in the martial art, and those of the left in the progressive side of the in the martial art in Timor-Leste can transform this uh, social organization into a more progressive way. And, uh, we hope that we hope this can this can happen. Thanks so much, comrade. And I, I would like to discuss a little bit more about, so your, your article is tracing over 22 years of, of uh, Timor-Leste's history. And of course, that, that includes last year as well. Now, now to say now that we're in the new year, 2022 last year, but you talk, you don't really, you don't discuss it directly, but the, the election in May of 2022 of, of Jose Ramos Orta, uh, can you discuss a little bit about how this is just continuing with the bourgeois neoliberal politics of the country? I, I know I think some on the more sort of liberal end will know him as a Nobel Peace Prize winner, uh, but how he just, you know, came into power. He was congratulated by the State Department. Um, and so he just continues serving as a uh, as a neoliberal comprador. And I, I'm just curious if you can also discuss in general the the recent events, uh, the recent kind of more on the bourgeois politics side, but the reaction of the left to his victory, how the struggle continues now coming into the new year of his new presidency, what what has changed, if anything, or whether it's still more of the same under a new president? Yep. Yeah. Um... Jose Ramzorta was uh, elected, voted majority by Timorese people because of the blessing from the Shanana. <laughs> because uh, there's no Shanana, I think Ramzorta will be just get maybe 5,000 votes. <laughs> and he may be famous on international level because of his uh, diplomatic maneuver, compromise with imperialism, friend of the investor, something like that. But in Timorese society, I think uh, it's it's concretely Ramzorte has no um, any basis of support, even from the chart. And Ramzorte, his policy is a uh, he was uh, like a peon using by Shanana, uh, mostly as usual as in the in the previous uh, experience. Shanana always using its own peon against Fredlin, to destroy Fredlin government, uh, to destroy Fredlin party from within and from outside something. And one of it is that Ramzorta. And one of its policies that uh, uh, he is, uh, he touched much more on the issue of the state and security, uh, but not on economy, etc., etc. Something that are in favor on the popular project or popular reform policy that in favor with the people, uh, uh, with the people. And for instance, right now he promote the idea of a revitalization of the coffee industry in Timor Leste, which is uh, just to continue the all specialization economy of imperialism and colonialisms. And but people, uh, many people 
kung safe or save it, uh, um, uh, receive it with a warm welcome with this policy. Uh, but for us, the the coffee sector in Timor Leste has been dominated by the U.S. monopoly in here. Those decisions are not taken in Timor Leste, but in Washington and so on. And that's a very, very, uh, very penetrative in Timor Leste. And they forget the experience of the the experience of the Rwanda, for instance, that realized only in a specific sector, because at the time Rwanda is depending on the coffee's exports and like that, once the liberalization of the coffee, coffee sector on the international and national level, it bring a huge unemployment and crisis, et cetera, et cetera, which is instigated the civil war and communal violence. In Timor-Leste, there are two main commodities we are exporting. One is petroleum and the other one is the coffee. Two of it was dominated by the global monopoly from the Australia, from from the America and so on and so on. And two of those uh, major exporting commodity of Timor-Leste has been dominated by those uh, monopoly, et cetera, et cetera. And it is the economy that's responsible for the malnourishment impoverished peasants in the in the Timor-Leste, especially the, the coffee growing region in the central and upland of the Timor Island. And in here, we famously say the peasants uh, get, get rich three months, but getting poorer for six to nine months because of this imperialist monopoly. You know, they just, there's one kilogram of the coffee, which is sell by the uh, sell to monopoly around 25 cents or 35 cents. But it sells to the, uh, the imperialist market, something like that around 30 to 40 something like that and it not it is not just contributing to the profit of the monopoly but also contributing to the gdp of the imperialists in the northern countries something like that which is has no has nothing to give to the national economy and has very limit to offer to the peasants society in, in timor Leste. and i think porta will just continue uh, with the old path of the continue serving the interest of the imperialism and 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 uh, uh, continue to maintain that Timor Leste will adopt a fiscal liberal fiscal paradise for the investor in Timor Leste, and that's the, the role of the Horta. Thanks so much, comrade. And and it's interesting to note that the same policy imposed of imperialist domination, beginning with the Indonesian occupation, continuing nowadays post-independence with this neo-colonial, neoliberal rule will just continue uh, with these bourgeois electoral uh, manipulations. I'm curious if you can talk as we're kind of wrapping up, I'm, I'm very curious if you can discuss a little bit more about uh, Committee Esperanza and the proposals that you're making, of course, you end the article by saying that what we need is a, a new anti-neoliberal, anti-imperialist front for democratic sovereignty and the construction of a new socialist economy. And I think that's a message that many studying the conditions of Timor-Leste, as well as the other conditions that have occurred with 
neoliberal austerity and neocolonialism in, in many other contexts in the global south would agree that's that's the broad program that's needed to fight the system. Can you talk a little bit more about what the, the Committee Esperanza is doing to push for this, to organize the people and, and fight for this solution? Thank you. Uh, this committee was created, was uh, funded as a result, as a result of a political and economic impasse, which is uh, struck Timor-Leste, especially in since 2017 until now. Uh, imagine in 2017, we have a petroleum fund in uh, put in New York, but we have no state budget to running the country for almost two years. It is, uh, and even at this time, uh, Timorese government adopting more, reinforcing more fiscal austerity, neoliberal reforms, something like that on many sectors something like that, and promoting more private public partnership in Timor-Leste, which is in fact, just to transferring the sovereignty to the private and monopoly in Timor-Leste. So, and on the subjective point of view, Comité Esperanza was funded because uh, a political education, ideological education from the threatening, from the traditional social left parties has been, we can say non-existence at this time, at the time, in 2000, since 2017 until 2020. And we found in 2000, 2020, uh, something like that. And with this climate of non-political uh, educations, the people are becoming more depoliticized, apathy, and pacifist, etc., etc. And we see that it is important to initiate uh, a popular democratic educations. And in here also, uh, because our our, uh, our basis mostly from the university in the beginning, because university in Timor-Leste, there's only one public university and one public institutions, researchers, um, uh, superior, uh, uh, superior institution in Timor-Leste. The rest is the private university. Because of neoliberalisms imposed on the fiscal discipline, which is uh, put only small budget on the, on the fiscal, uh, on the educational sector, so that they can open, privatize, marketization of education. There is a huge, a spread rise of a new uh, private university and private school in Timor-Leste, which is we see is it is another uh, development that will prevent the development of the socialism, development of social movement, development of the left of Marxism in Timor-Leste because all the university prevent the discussion of the politics, adopting a more market-oriented discipline, something like that. And we see that it is important to create a new social movement which is promoting the popular education, the popular democratic education centered on Marxism, so that uh, everybody, uh, people can be conscient, conscious, politically informed about the situation, and then do something and change something. And that's the primary goals. And our project is that to contribute to. Uh, socialist renewal in Timor-Leste, be it in traditional political party or outside of party. 
We just want to contribute on how the socialist, the left resurrections in Timor-Leste, so that we can start something new amidst the crisis and impasse. And that's the, the initial thing, uh, thing and social condition that force us to exist. And we now already have a basis mostly in capital city, but also spread our members across the municipality. Uh, we have not engaged in any, uh, uh, we have think it's great uh, uh, party, but that, 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 that's still an option for us. For uh, for the what we say as an anti-neoliberal front, something like that, anti-neoliberal imperialist front, as I, as we conceive, the national anti-revolution has not ended. Uh, in a in a very traditional all sense, has been declined or something like that. But we need a new form of struggles, and neoliberalism is one of the. Uh, is a is a is a central contradiction, central antagonism that imposed by the ruling class and imperialisms against the people in Timor Leste, and to fight for this because the neoliberalisms is not just to fight uh, the workers, the left, but it also to destroy the sovereignty. What we propose is to initiate a new social alternative historical bloc, which is comprised by the broader popular class, not just the working class, but also the peasants, the students, those who are marginalized, those who are, have discrimination, like women, youth, or something like that, to create a new, broader political front that uh, struggling to restore the sovereignty. Sovereignty, not in the sovereignty. How do people participate in economy? How do people participate in production of the culture? How do people participate in political decisions? That is, uh, I think, uh, essential for the condition in Timor-Leste and essential to resist the imperialism and the ruling class in Timor-Leste. I think that's, that's all. Thanks so much, comrade. I, I completely agree. And it, it was excellent to chat with you and to learn more. I I learned so much from, from chatting to you. It was, it was really informative for me. And it's excellent to hear about the work uh, the Comité Esperanza is doing. Uh, our last thing is just, uh, so the article will be in the description uh, for this episode, so people can check it out and read it. It was an excellent, excellent article. Uh, is there anywhere else where people can reach you, can read your work? Uh, are there anything, any other things I can share that people can read that you've written or that you've worked on that, that you'd like to share? Thank you, thank you. Uh, um, I think I will, I will very appreciate with the, uh, with everyone that can read my article. Uh, I think this one is not for me, but uh, I when I write this, I in the hope that the social life in Timor start to thinking. Mm. But it's done in Timor Leste, and mm. um, I hope this contribute because I I mostly write in Tetu. Uh, Tetu is national language, uh, national language, and uh, because uh, it is quite difficult for us in the global south in Timor Leste to find uh, a place that we can publish our work. And, mm -hmm. and for now, we have established an online journal in here. We call Dialectica. It is mostly in Tetu language, and I mostly write and help co 
edited uh, one of the uh, some of the articles in there, and and uh, and I think uh, in here the 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 platform, the socialist platform in here is uh, quite regressive and it's mm -hmm. very uh, not in an organized way, so that it is very difficult. But um, I'm in a in a in a project of writing uh, about the. Uh, politics, history, and the subject of something like that. So that uh, in general, just to contribute to the socialist and Marxist development in Timor-Leste and in, in, in general. And yes, I think thank you. So, thank you so much for this uh, invitation. Thanks uh, for having me in this uh, very uh, important discussions. And I really appreciate and our organization will really appreciate the with this initiative. And I can share more what I'm writing in. Uh, I have uh, my two writings uh, dedicated uh, now recently, uh, published in Midwestern. It is co-edited by my friend, comrade Carlos Garrido. And I also published in The Linking, uh, which is addressing the, the super, against the super imperialisms uh, from the perspective of the global south, the mm -hmm. correlation of force between south and north, something like that. Excellent. Yeah, anything you'd like to share, we will put out there so people can read. And I'm very excited. It was a pleasure to meet and discuss with you. I'm very excited to follow your work and continue to learn more. So thanks so much, comrade. Really appreciate it.